Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2268 with a release date of Friday, April 16th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Volcanic eruptions stir hams on St. Vincent to activate. The FCC sets deadlines for RF exposure assessments and receiving the QSL of a lifetime. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2268 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, here's Stefan Kenford, N8WB. Our top story this week comes from the Caribbean just weeks after receiving an emergency supply of batteries to assist with communications during a volcanic disaster. Hams in St. Vincent and the Grenadines are now facing that exact scenario. Randy Sly, W4XJ, has that story. St. Vincent Islanders knew the eruptions were coming. The La Soufrière volcano had been dormant for 42 years on the Caribbean island until Friday, April 9th. As the volcanic unrest began and the pace of evacuations quickened, local hams maintained daily contact with regional disaster agencies. Carlos Alberto Santa Maria, CO2JC, the IARU's Region 2 Emergency Coordinator, told Newsline in an email that hams throughout the region have been on the air around the clock, mainly using HF frequencies on 80 and 40 meters. Hams are also in contact with the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency. Winston Jeffrey, JA8AZ, is maintaining an Echolink gateway on 2 meters while another VHF repeater is being used for domestic communications. As Newsline reported just a few weeks ago, hams living in the red zone were given emergency batteries at the request of Donald DeRiggs, J88CD, director of the Rainbow Radio League, Yulu Radio Movement Amateur Radio Club. Ash is also blanketing the nearby island of Barbados. According to a report on CNBC, the West Indies Seismic Center said eruptions could continue for weeks or months. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Starting May 3rd, hams and many other radio users in the U.S. are being required to evaluate human exposure to RF at their stations. The April 2nd public notice from the FCC does not change any RF exposure limits, but sets a deadline for such evaluations at stations that are new or have added or modified their existing antennas or power. Amateurs will need to determine if their existing stations retain the same exemptions they had under the old rules. HAMs who have already performed these evaluations needn't repeat them unless changes have been made to their stations. The FCC has set a two-year period in which to conduct the exposure assessment. A free downloadable booklet about RF exposure and other details about RF safety are available at the ARRL website. Details about the FCC's policy on human RF exposure are available at the agency's website. See the printed version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org for links to both web pages. A linked repeater system in Tennessee provided a communications lifeline for a woman hiking in a national park. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, brings us that story. A woman in distress while hiking with a group inside the Great Smoky Mountain National Park was brought to safety late on Sunday night, April 11th, with the help of communications over the W4KEV repeater system in Tennessee. With no cellular service available in the park, hiker Timothy Luttrell, KA9EBJ, used his HT to hit the repeater in Gatlinburg, which was linked to one in Knoxville, 
which was being monitored by David Manuel, W5DJR. Timothy told David that a woman in the hiking party had suffered exhaustion and possibly dehydration and needed assistance. David notified emergency medical services as well as a medic who was part of the park search team to help assess her condition via a series of questions. Meanwhile, phone calls were placed to the hiker's family. With questions relayed over the repeater, the medic determined the woman was stable enough to accompany the other hikers as they continued slowly down the trail, maintaining radio contact when possible. Arrangements were made for the hikers to meet with search and rescue officers in a parking area and ultimately for the woman's safe pickup by her family. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Amateur radio stations in the UK, Europe, the US, Canada and elsewhere will be celebrating the anniversary of the birth of Guillermo Marconi and their connection to the wireless pioneer as International Marconi Day stations get on the air on Saturday, April 24th. The annual event is sponsored by the Cornish Radio's Amateur Club, operating as KB4IMD. Stations from around the world may contact operators who are on the air at historic Marconi sites using special call signs to mark the day. In New York, a consortium of amateur radio stations on Long Island will be on the air at such sites as the original Marconi Wireless Telegraph Station in the village of Babylon, where they will operate as K2S. Station K2M will be at the Marconi Tower in Binghamton, New York. In the UK, GB4LD will be operating at the site of the old Marconi Hut in Cornwall and VP8 VPC will be operating from the Falkland Islands. Awards are available for shortwave listeners as well as amateur radio operators. For details about awards and a list of the registered Marconi Day stations, visit the website of the Cornish Radio Amateur Club at gx4crc.com. The organizers of a prestigious worldwide amateur radio competition are proceeding with means to hold it safely next year in Italy. Ed Durant, DD5LP, picks up the story from here. Recognising that challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic may still remain next year when the World Radio Sport Team Championship takes place in Bologna, Italy, organisers have pledged to go forward with plans for the competition. The committee announced on its website that the qualifying events and schedule remain the same as printed in the qualification rules, but different options are being looked at as the impact of the pandemic remains uncertain. The committee also acknowledged that travel and other factors have been affected differently around the world, and this is, of course, a consideration in such a global contest. Board President Carlo Di Mari, IK1HJS, wrote on the website, quote, Please continue with your plans as best you can for now. We will make announcements here on the WRTC 2022 reflector as soon as they can be made public, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Another long-awaited amateur activity, this one for youngsters in the IARU Region 2, is moving ahead with an eye on the pandemic as well. Here's Jack Parker, W8ISH. The first youth on the air camp for young amateurs in North, Central, and South America is moving ahead with its plans to open in July. Camp organizers said in a press release that the camp, which was postponed by the pandemic in 2020, will comply with state and federal COVID-19 restrictions and guidelines. A maximum of 30 youngsters will be able to attend the camp from July 11th through July 16th at the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester Township, Ohio. Camp staffers are either fully vaccinated or in the process of completing the vaccine series by the end of April. 
Campers themselves may be asked to take a COVID-19 test or self-quarantine before arriving, depending on guidelines being recommended in July. 28 campers have already registered. The application period ends June 1st, and there is no fee to apply. The cost of the camp is $100 plus transportation, and scholarships are available for campers who cannot afford the camp's cost. For more details, download the camp brochure available online at youthontheair.org. Or you can also contact Camp Director Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, at director at youthontheair.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. Don't forget that the Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Youth Ham of the Year Award is looking to honor a deserving young ham. Think of a young amateur whose commitment to community and whose enthusiasm for radio has inspired you and others and submit their name. Nominees must be 18 or younger, living in the United States, its possessions, or any Canadian province. Downloadable nomination forms are due no later than May 31st and can be found on our website, arnewsline.org. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the NM5 EM repeaters in Grants, New Mexico, on Thursdays at 8 p.m. local time. If you think weak signal propagation reporting is of great benefit only to hams, guess again. And listen to this story from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. The memory of the doomed Malaysian Airlines flight MH370 is seared into the memory of many who recall the ill-fated Boeing 777. The Beijing-bound aircraft vanished somewhere over the Indian Ocean on the 8th of March in 2014 with 239 people on board. Two separate searches for wreckage and clues came up empty, although more than 30 pieces of debris have turned up in various places. Now radio, in the form of weak signal propagation reporting, or whisper, may be offering some clues to its flight path. Hams, of course, often make use of this one-way low-power transmission mode created by Princeton physicist Joe Taylor, K1JT, to test propagation. Now it's being used by aviation expert Richard Godfrey of the Independent Group in the search for the long-missing plane. He said recently that he believes the aircraft set off eight whisper tripwires over the Indian Ocean, validating previous flight path analysis of drift modelling and Inmarsat satellite data. According to various news reports, MH370's final moments were in the southern part of the Indian Ocean, in a spot that can now be more precisely identified. From a Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. A free emergency communications training conference went virtual for the first time this year, and the response was overwhelming. Christian Kudnick, K0STH, has that report. Com Academy, the free annual training conference for emergency communicators, exceeded its geographic boundaries this year, and in doing so, exceeded expectations. This month's two-day conference marked the first time it has been held virtually, allowing for worldwide participation. According to Tim Helming, WT1M, the number of viewers watching live often exceeded 1,400 and never dropped below 950. The format offered pre-recorded presentations with live Q&A afterward. Going online allowed the 20-year-old conference to expand its more traditional regional reach within the Pacific Northwest community out to a worldwide audience. Tim told Newsline, quote, It was a vast amount of work, but we're all really pleased with how it came out, end quote. 
Although organizers hope to return to the in-person format next year, Tim said there's no turning back now on inviting the world to attend once again, and organizers are exploring various options. He told Newsline, quote, It's clear that there's a big hunger out there for this kind of training and community, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Christian Kudnick, K0STH. A businessman, ham radio operator, and pioneer in software-defined radio has been honored in Germany for his achievements. Ed Durant, DD5LP, gives us the details. Ulrich Rood, developer of the SDR technology, has been recognized in Germany for advancing the use of microwave and high-frequency radio. He has been given the Order of Merit of the Federal Republic of Germany on the recommendation of Markus Soda, Minister-President of Bavaria. Ulrich holds the call sign DJ2LR in Germany and N1UL in the US. Ulrich, a respected professor, is a partner in the Munich-based technology company Roden Schwartz, which deals in HF technologies. According to the biography on his company website, his many previous honours include the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Radio Club of America, the Industrial Pioneer Award of the IEEE, and the IEEE Region 1 Award for his work in the design and use of RF technology. He has been granted numerous honorary professorships and doctorates around the world. Last year in Germany, a special call sign, DL35SDR, was issued, recognising his presentation 35 years ago of SDR technology at a conference in 1985. He has also been a leader at numerous US-based companies, serving as president of the Rodenschwartz USA subsidiary in Fairfield, New Jersey, and creating the New Jersey-based Synergy Microwave Corporation in 1985. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Presentations by radio experts are the highlights of a convention being hosted virtually in Norway. Let's hear more from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A digital ham convention will be underway between the 18th and the 26th of April in connection with the Digital General Meeting of Norway's National Amateur Radio Society, the NRRL. The eight-day programme includes lectures from amateur radio experts, including various technical subjects, and a presentation on the NRRL's role in a rescue operation during the December 2020 landslide in a Norwegian village. For the more adventurous radio operators, there is also a how-to session from a team of Norwegian de-expeditioners. Additional details are available in Norwegian on the League's website nrrl.no. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In Japan, even as the ranks of licensed amateur radio operators has declined, the Japan Amateur Radio League reports a remarkable and welcome turnaround in membership. Jim Meachin, ZL2, BHF, has that report. Struggling against steadily declining membership for nearly three decades and a drop in licensed amateurs in that nation, the Japan Amateur Radio League has posted some encouraging news about its growing ranks. By the end of the previous fiscal year, ending March the 7th, the league gained 574 members compared to the same period of the previous year. The JARL declared this was the first steady year-on-year increase since 1994. It is a particular source of pride to the league since the growth comes against the backdrop of a global pandemic that has all but shut down most in-person activities supporting amateur radio. 
During this time, JARL leadership has fortified its membership campaigns and engaged in more robust public relations on its own behalf. The League said that with ham radio licences declining throughout the nation, it will now commit its efforts to promoting amateur radio overall, hoping to boost the overall numbers of licensees. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. When you're expecting a QSL card you really want, the wait can seem forever. But what is it like when you receive the QSL card of a lifetime, or in this case, Two lifetimes. Find out in this story from Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB. The father and son not only shared a name, Byron's cell, but a lifelong hobby, amateur radio. They saw the world together by communicating to that world together from inside the home shack. Byron Cell, KB3CQX, lost his father and radio buddy when the elder Byron W8VPF became a silent key in 2012. This month, the Pennsylvania amateur was given something else that belonged to his father, a piece of his dad's own personal amateur radio history. It was a QSL card marking the elder cell's first amateur radio contact 80 years ago as a youngster. The Horseshoe Amateur Radio Club had received it as a donation from a card collector in Michigan and presented it earlier this month to a very grateful Byron Cell, a longtime club member. The card confirms the contact with a Michigan amateur at 8.07 p.m. local time on April 8, 1941. The young amateur added this message, quote, You are my first contact, end quote. In an interview with the Altoona Mirror newspaper, Byron recalled his father and their radio days together, saying, quote, We've made a lot of memories along the way, end quote. Now, he doesn't just have the memories. He has a keepsake, too. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillace, KK6ITB. With thanks to the airline ratings website, Altoona Mirror, Amateur News Weekly, AMSAT, the ARRL, Carlos Alberto Santa Maria, CO2JC, CQ Magazine, Cornish Amateur Radio Club, The Daily DX, DARC, David Bihar, K7DB, The Japan Amateur Radio League, Kevin Duplantis, W4KEV, Ohio Pen DX Newsletter, QRZ.com, Road and Schwartz, Southgate Amateur Radio News, Shortwave Radio.de, Sputnik News, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, Tim Helming, WT1IM, Walt Grozer, W2TE, WRTC, WTWW, Shortwave, and you, our listeners. That's all for the Amateur Radio Newsline. Please send emails to our address at newsline at ARNews. Newsline.org. More information is available at an Amateur Radio Newsline's only official website at arnewsline.org. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.